Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Blue Kool-Aid drinkers. Welcome back to another podcast from the Blue Kool-Aid team. This is UJ here filling in for Big Z who can't make it today with a family obligation so uh i'm gonna do my best to carry on the great tradition of the greatest podcast in the history of detroit lions so uh anyway today we got a lot to talk about uh we're, we're gonna be talking about uh some of the free agency signings that we've done recently and uh the activity that we've had uh and then we're gonna we're gonna have a special treat we're gonna do our first two-round mock draft from the kool-aid crew so uh buckle up and get ready here we go first i must introduce the squad who is here tonight with us and that would be red dog yo hey red dog and then there's oh no bob's not here and then there's Ke- no connor's not here either uh, these guys couldn't make it sorry guys they couldn't make it uh bob's in mexico uh dealing with the uh cartel and uh connor's well I don't know where he's at right now, but he's he's very busy guy. So, anyway, here we are to carry on the tradition. Uh, Rudd Dog, let, let's start off by talking about free agency, okay? Uh, why don't you, Ooh, uh, I don't know if we should go player by player, but just give me your overall feeling of free agency right now. How, how do you feel about player what we've by done so player. far? There's only one player to talk about right now, UJ. Come on, baby. Who's that? Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, are you kidding me? He's like, the only one? coming. He's the I mean, only one to talk. That's the headliner, man. You're burying the lead. Let's oh. go. This is crazy move. Like, like we just signed a top end safety for a one year prove it deal. Didn't have to break the bank. Like we immediately upgraded our roster. I did not see this coming. I don't think anyone really. I mean, people talked a little bit about it, but like we with the moves we had already made. Uh, I, I don't. I mean, well, we already talked about. Okay, Kansas well, and let, all those guys. We, I want to. Break them down a little bit individually. So uh, let's start with the Chauncey Gardner. Okay, go ahead. More of a tyrant than Big Z. Yeah, I'm I'm taking over, man. Come on, let's do it. Let's start with Chauncey Gardner. Tell me what you think. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Like I was saying, we just got a top end safety. We didn't see it coming. The guy's a ball hawk. We're gonna get to put him next to Kirby Joseph. Like. Uh, I mean, I'm just blown away by this signing. I was geeking out last night, as you know, on the phone. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, the what this just does for our roster, like the the potential to field not only Kirby Joseph and Tracy Walker next year, but this guy with those like that, we could have like one of the best like safety threesome in the entire league next year. Oh my god, I'm so excited! Like, hell of a signing. And for a one-year prove-it deal without, like, on eight mil, like, it's just what yeah. a move by Brad Holmes. That is what a proof though. to, like, the culture we're building right now, bringing a guy his caliber. Oh, you're not kidding. Uh, it's funny. Yeah, I mean, I as soon as I heard about this, I was first excited that we got such a quality player. And then my first instinct was to go see what the Philadelphia fans were, were saying. So I went on Twitter, and, man, Philadelphia fans are just livid over this one. That they that they let this guy go, mm. and he on a one year eight million dollar deal, which just seems absurd, you know. And that they can't even they can't handle it. Philadelphia is just geeking out right now in a bad way. They're freaking mm-hmm. out, I should say, because uh, yeah, they're definitely not happy about this uh, letting him go. <laughs> so that makes me feel good. 
Yeah. And uh, yeah, there was it was interesting uh, parallel I saw too uh, between him and Jamal Williams. Actually, oddly enough, like they both kind of passed on their current team because they felt a little miffed by the offers they received. Um, the, I don't know if it was quite the same as Jamal. I think he made. I think Gardner made a little more conscious decision to go another way, whereas I think the clock just ran out on Jamal when he was playing games. But uh, like he mentioned, like a little bit of respect or lack of in the offer, or didn't like the offer the Eagles gave him. Felt like he deserved more. Now he's on a prove it deal after a monster year. You'd think he'd be able to cash it in, and he's on a prove it deal with the Lions. Right. Like, oh man. Yeah, but that says something about the Lions too. That that mm-hmm. guys want to come here on a prove it deal to show the world how good they are. And I think yeah. they see what this well, team's well, what's happening with this team here, and they just want to be a part of. It. They know they're on a. a a rocket ship headed skyward. So <laughs> jump on, baby. Yeah. Jump on or miss it. So yeah. And he knows he's gonna have another opportunity, another good roster, another good lineup to, you know, get to show about his ability uh, amongst another right. good D line to play behind. You know, but there is a connection here too though. He did play for the Saints uh briefly. True. So he was with Campbell. They they know him. It's not like he's a unknown quantity. So I think that partly went into their their picking him too. So uh I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So uh yeah, great signing. I think we both agree on that. And uh we talked to Z and Bob and Connor and they all agree also. I mean, it's just an unbelievable signing. But let's talk about a couple others that we had too. Uh how about Graham Glasgow? Let's talk about that one. What do you think? Oh, I love the Glasgow signing. I mean, we're going to have the potential to have all an all drafted in-house line next year. I love that. I love Glam I like Glasgow a lot when he was with the Lions. I was bummed when he left. So I mean, it's a one-year prove it deal, you know, we're not doing some big nostalgia move or something. It's just a, a sensible uh, add to the, our roster where now we're comfortable with, you know, that we should at least have five guys to roll out there whether it's him or Vitai. And because he can also play center, so I mean, he's also can kind of fill that Evan Brown role if necessary. Yeah, I think he'll beat out Vitai personally. At least that's my hope. But uh, like, uh, yeah, I mean, it really shored up the roster. And once more, just like every move seems to do this offseason, they're they're shoring up their roster with the free agency. So I think they can go out and just pick super studs in the draft to dress whatever they want you know based on the players available that i don't think we really have a technical need on the front end of this roster left right like anywhere all depth positions required left yeah i think one thing that can be noted with these free agents that we pick here uh we'll go through the others too but uh these are all improvements to the roster these are not like just filling a hole finding a body warm body to fill the hole you know that we just need True. a guy there the, everything's an upgrade Everything's been an upgrade, including the Jamal Williams losing him, getting uh, David Montgomery. I think that was an upgrade too, uh, talent wise. Mm. Uh, I mean, our secondary, wow. I mean, Brad Holmes, within a couple of days, completely revamped our secondary. Unbelievable work good. by him. And by all accounts, all really, really good players too. I mean, we talked about Camp Sutton earlier and Emmanuel Mosley. Uh, those guys are excellent ball players. And uh, that now we add uh, Chauncey Gardner there. Holy cow. Gardner. Just unreal. Just amazing. So, uh, yeah, our secondary should be ridiculous this year. Just, ah, uh, good Lord. So, yeah, Glasgow, I, I would agree with <laughs> Rudd Dog. I, I agree with you on Glasgow, though. Uh, uh, it's good seeing him back. It was really comical watching his uh, press interview, if, if you watched it, because, like, he tried to answer the questions and as he's answering the questions, he kept forgetting what the question was like over and over again. It was, it was pretty comical. Uh, I don't <laughs> know if his brain is uh, damaged or what, but uh, it, it was a fun. Everyone, <laughs> let's be honest, UJ at this stage, if uh, you're, if you've even played through college, your brain is damaged. Well, that's now, true. That's true. How far into a pro career of banging heads against other dudes. Heads. You're right about that. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was a funny interview nonetheless. And, uh, but it is good to see him back and he really wanted to come here uh it was kind of one of his desires uh coming back to detroit and he says that the contract was right and he felt comfortable with it he he this is one of the places he wanted to be and you know it's like coming back home for him and uh 
and Michigan yeah, man. It, he seems happy. And he's, he said he, he's not assuming he's going in to start. He says he's here to compete. And that's what all these guys Smart. are saying, you know, which is, it's the, it's the attitude, man, that they're, no one's assuming anything. These guys are coming in to compete. Yep. And, and I think that's a big thing, you know, none of these guys are coming in here with the assumption that they're just going to walk in and take over the position. And, uh, yeah, that'd be, yeah, no, they've definitely fostered that environment. I'd be like, you know, I, well, even though like sometimes, you know, maybe there should be a, a little bit of that. Like, I was just thinking of like Lee Bodden. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. I remember that <laughs> when he, he came in, assuming he was going to start, boy, was he wrong. <laughs> <laughs> And that which you actually should have been right about. And that's a team that had no talent back in those days. I know. Uh, hey, never try, never assume things with Rod Marinelli is involved, right? Got that right. Oh boy. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's just that's popped into my head when you said that. Yeah. Well, but, I'm gonna. Uh, re- I just want to mention too that we re-signed C.J. Moore, which uh, I think is a great re-signing. Good what, solid re-signing. Excellent uh, special teams player. You know, he, key special team player. I love that. Like. Every guy, there's like so many key special teams players. You always see that in like articles. Like, uh, we still have outstanding Josh Woods key, but so is uh CJ Moore is a key, and so is Board. It's like they're all key special team players. You know, like well, I think it's like the the special term for basically like that's where they start on the roster. Is if you're on special, if you're like a starting like guard, you're like you know starting guard. But like if you're a special team or you're a key special team, <laughs> you're a good one. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I think I've noticed. I think it's easier for fans sometimes to. I mean, not us, of course, because we study the game in depth and with unbelievable clarity. But the uh, it's easy for casual fans to just uh, neglect special teams and not think too much about it. And uh, it's really, really an important aspect of the game. I mean, hugely well, important. It, it has a sort of a like a, a sort of scrubbish role, or like a it's sort of like a rite of passage too. Like it's so. I mean. It's it makes sense. Like you usually are putting premium resources into special teams, so I mean, there's a reason for that because you can cover down with guys who play other do other things. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. But, but however, that being said, there's still a special sort of a kamikaze attitude toward playing on special teams oh, yeah. that you have to possess, and uh, I, I, and I the good saying, players have that. You know. Oh, absolutely. I wasn't saying that to belittle special teams. Just sort of the nature of how they are and how they're filled you know it's usually like the up-and-coming young linebackers who are trying to find a spot on the roster and defensive backs and receivers well this is true so like but you know like you said that kamikaze nature there's a reason you put the young guys in there (laughs) (laughs) you you know it's the same reason in uh the army you stick the the new blood with the big machine gun because no one wants to carry that thing yeah (laughs) Yeah, Give them the thirty-pound gun, even though it's the most important role on the whole team, really the most mass casualty-causing weapon. But you give it to the new new blood. <laughs> okay, there's an interesting analogy. Uh, <laughs> it makes but, sense. Yeah, I know it does. It does. But uh, you know, I mean, again, not to sell them short, there's guys who make their whole careers being special teamers. So it, it yeah, it really is a legitimately important. Uh, phase of the game i mean oh yeah so i think teams neglect it to their own you know demise yeah yeah in fact uh that leads me to my our next uh free agent that we signed which i think could be the free agency signing that puts us over the top and gets us to the super bowl jake mcquade longtime veteran long snapper recent most recently oh, yeah, for the baby. dallas cowboys who's uh coming off an injury but uh they came in and worked him out and uh, they really liked what they saw, so they signed him to a $1.3 million contract for snapping the ball. So yeah. that's pretty cool, man. We Just got a new when we thought snap. all the big deals were done on Sunday night. Right. You thought they were done. <laughs> no way. So, yeah, Jake McQuaid, welcome to the welcome to the team. And in fact, all these Maybe guys welcome to the team. Maybe you can be our new, uh, what's his face, Mulebach. Yeah, well, I don't think so because he's already, like, uh, almost Mulebach's age, so he the guy's been in the league for That'd like be 12 really impressive if he matches Mulebach's numbers. Then <laughs> I know. So anyway, uh, we're giving Brad Holmes a lot of credit here for what he's done, and and he's done a 
magnificent job. I mean, people are just geeking out. Even even people who never talk about the Lions on the national press and are just just Ooh. freaking out about the Lions. They they they, they don't get it. And they they you notice how they always preface everything with, "I can't believe I'm talking about the Lions here," but but you know but. <laughs> <laughs> that brings up an awesome thing, UJ. Did you see what Jameson Williams just put out there on Twitter? I missed it. He put out a video like, yeah, I'm watching y'all. Like, I, I, I don't know exactly what he said, but it was something along the lines of like, I know how we have like 21 followers or whatever. N- next year, that better be. If you, you missed me with that next year, if you're trying to add to that or whatever, like basically calling out bandwagoners already, like, you know, like oh, yeah. saying like, this shit, this ship's about to take off. You know, if you ain't on it, if you ain't on it already, you know, bye bye. <laughs> like, like I, I, I just love that attitude. Like, you know, you already, yeah. he's already just calling his shot, kind of. Hey, uh, I don't care. They're all welcome, as far as I'm concerned. I've been, yeah, I know, but I love that <laughs> attitude from you know the players just being like, you know, yeah. if you don't see what we are already, like, you already missed it. Well. Yeah, I got you. That's good though. But uh again, we're talking about uh Holmes and the great job he's done. And part of the reason he's been able to do this is because he's been reworking a lot of salaries in this uh uh currently on the roster. Uh for instance, uh Charles Harris, I think we reworked his salary, he picking up three million dollars in cap space. Romeo Choir recently uh, thought the better option was to stay with the team as opposed to be getting cut or whatever, took a nine million dollar cutting salary however there are ways for him called to it. you did call that red dog you called it <laughs> uh but there are ways for him to earn some of that money back through incentives so uh it's not going to be it's probably not going to be totally a nine million dollar cut it'll be you know something less than that with uh earned incentives so uh uh tracy it. walker's contract was renegotiated too i, I can't remember how much cap space we saved on that oh, and they just geez. redid jack fox's contract and saving 1.6 million dollars so as we stand at this moment we have 15.9 million dollars in cap space which hey we're still doing pretty good man this is why everyone thinks the cap is just fake <laughs> like, <laughs> like you see so many people just talk about like i don't give a shit about the cap like they'll just move the money around and it's so like you see how like we started this free agency and now we have yeah. like, as much as we almost started with the legend like and i know some of that was clearing up cap space but also just the way these contracts were structured like yeah we like it's like eight million dollar a year contract but year one it's going to be like 1.25 hit against the cap right like, and then there's like a dead year in year three where they just like paid the, a ghost or something and like <laughs> it was like all this weird stuff like it's it's magic it is magic it no sense but like and dan and uh you know that being said you can wield magic with skill and, and you can wield it poorly our previous gms have wielded it poorly brad holmes is nothing short of a master with this shit like i like you know the thing like you watch the way the eagles are getting picked apart right now and like always like super bowl teams these big teams that are loaded always fall apart eventually yeah i just don't like sure the players will change but i don't see why the way dan campbell's doing it why it's ever gonna have to fall apart like he's gonna constantly be reloading getting guys like chauncey gardner when you need them getting the long the right core guys and adding the right, right. long-term contracts like you stagger you move the cap around right like you keep reloading like that's how the great teams do it and like he's setting us up for perpetual success here and that's what's so freaking exciting yeah I, I think so i think you're right on that uh and a lot of these contracts, you know, we're, we're not locking guys in for like huge, long lengths of time. We're doing a lot of short term proven contracts. Three's and, the longest outside. Two, yeah. DJ. Three, couple, two years, couple, three year contracts. You know, we're not we're not just killing ourselves with these contracts uh, down the down the road. Nope. So uh, and plus, and I, I just want to add this too. I think Campbell, maybe more than a lot of coaches, has an inordinate trust in rookies like like in young players he he just like hey they're here to play football i'm gonna have to throw them on the field see what they can do and <laughs> i don't know maybe I, maybe i'm uh overplaying that one a little bit but it seems like you know granted we have drafted well talented kids but uh he throws Danny them out that much choice 
yeah, okay, no choice. But look, we throw these guys out there and they prove it. I mean, look at uh, you know, Rodrigo and and uh and uh I don't know, uh they're certainly not afraid to let the young guys earn it, you know. Right. So I mean what better way to learn, man? Throw them in the game. But I, I, I will. I just want to like hedge a little bit. I don't disagree. Like he has put, he's not been afraid of putting his trust in the young guys and putting them out there. At the very least, he's seen the value in getting those guys out there early, uh, especially now when you're building. Right. Like you know, ideally in the next few years, you're not seeing a whole lot of rookies, you know, starting for us because all our vets are, you know, solid and squared away and we actually have a loaded roster, but like, yeah, no, you got a point. Like he has like, cause how many times have we watched? Oh, let's just think like how painful was it to watch LaGarrette blunt just run forever into like, you know, sand, like, like he was running in quicksand. Like that was painful. Like, like, but like when you could have just put a young guy out there or something like you know, like or like we had watched had to like watch bad players play because they were the veteran, like no, I know that nonsense. So I, I agree know. with you. Like he's de- but he's but, definitely but, willing to, he's definitely willing to put the young guys out there. Right. Well, well I think part of it is though that who we're drafting because we're drafting instinctive football players. Like we're not drafting just some guy who can run run a fast forty and then he has to learn how to play football. We're we're, we're drafting guys who instinctively know like that know the game. And uh, I think that we're seeing that in the field. I mean, look at Hutch. His instincts are just off the charts, man. Look at Kirby Joseph, yeah. off the charts instincts. Rodrigo, off the charts instincts. I mean, these are the kind of guys we're drafting. You can throw them out True. there, and their learning curve is very quick, <laughs> as opposed to, you know, maybe other lesser instinctive players. So let, like yeah. uh, Barnes, Derek Barnes, for instance. Now, now there's an example who – not as extinctive as we thought he was or was projected to be. And he's been struggling to become, you know, what the player we think he can be. And I don't know what that is. I, I'm just theorizing here that maybe that's no, you're right. his instincts, you know, aren't quite up to par with, you know, he's learning. Yeah. Well, but, I think Barnes is a good example of how sort of like he fills out I think a lot of the profile that Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes like, because honestly, to another point to like your whole trusting rookies things is that, well, it helps to trust the rookies when you got Brad Holmes adding them to your roster. It seems, you know, like it's easier, I should say, to trust them when, you know, they're, they're you're adding guys like that. But like, uh, whereas Derek Barnes matches a lot of the profile they normally, they seem to like, he's explosive. He's gritty. He's got all like the athletic right. traits, but he, like you said, maybe he's not exactly the, mo- the most instinctive player, and they probably wouldn't have drafted him, you know, like because uh, he doesn't really fit that profile where like he just understands the game like a Rodrigo. He's just a size speed prospect who needed a lot. Needs obviously needed a lot of fine tuning to his right. game and right. just, just getting comfortable in it. Yeah anyway um yeah so we've done very well in free agency getting back to the subject here uh, uh now rud dog what do you think Yo. now that we've done all these amazing moves in free agency and really just made our team a lot better by all accounts how do you think this affects our needs going into the draft needs yeah depth at two positions I can think of right off the top of my head that I would say their position, their depth positions are absolute needs. Uh, I'll start with uh, the one where it's sort of like a little more sensational. The quarterback obviously needs depth in our roster. We need to add a quarterback in this draft. We need a young guy to develop, like we've talked about, um, and who can potentially add some upside if Goff were to go down. Two, uh well you know it was safety <laughs> but now it's not baby <laughs> it's D tackle uh yeah. you know I love bugs I love uh Aleem but you need more behind them Benito Jones can't be your next guy up or you know upgrade bugs potentially and make him your rotational guy that would be like the dream like uh yeah which would be like Jalen Carter or you know Kalijah Cansey 
Um, but that's those are the two big ones. Like after that, like <laughs> we have depth pretty much everywhere. Like we have surface, we have good starters and depth at like maybe tight end could add something because you know maybe our front end's not exactly spectacular. But yeah. we showed last year we could get away or not even just get away, we could thrive with what we have already. Um I don't know, man. Like I can't think of a single position. Like running back maybe, I guess. I could see us, you know, you could kind of make it a need, but it's not technically. Yeah. We don't really have needs anymore. We have depth positions to fill and we have positions we could potentially upgrade. I mean, that's where we're at. That's what this free agency has changed. Like we don't have front end needs on this roster right now. We have front end positions that could potentially be upgraded, but we have c- capable starters across the board. Linebacker actually is probably my third because after Barnes, Rodrigo, and Anzalone, we don't have anything. Yeah. So I'd say that's our third most needed. Okay. I maybe I more. Somewhat I agree with you. Uh, I believe D line is something we need. We need a stud there. We need somebody. Studly. We need what? We need a stud on the D line. We need someone who can just with powerful can rush faster from the middle of the line. So we 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 have pretty well. We have a lot of edge guys, a lot of good ones. And uh, I, here's the thing: I don't argue we don't need a front end D tackle because I think Aleem McNeil is that good. He showed in that Giants game last year. I expect him to continue to to you know ascend. Uh, I get you know I it's a fair argument. Well, but front end, I think we're okay with those two. If we're making yeah, but if we're going to build a line that's going to dominate in the NFL, mm-hmm. we it can't be just two guys. We we need we need more people. We need more in there, and Agreed. I think we got enough edge guys to, to work well. And if we had a, an interior defense tackle like a Jalen Carter or like a you know right. Uh, well, Jalen Carter would be like ridiculous upgrade. Like you could, that's an upgrade over Bugs, obvious right out the gate, like in every way, probably. Right. And Tyree like, Wilson, I for instance, I I don't look at him as just an edge guy. He 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 seems versatile enough to go inside. He, he's outside. not, but at the same time, he's a primary edge guy. Like like he's going to be in direct competition with Romeo Aquara primarily probably yeah. honestly like romeo quara kaminsky uh you know what i mean like we have good big edge dudes that can both rush the passer and rotate inside when needed right like and that's exactly what he is what we don't have is an like well i would say you know aleem is borderline elite as an interior guy like i think he's that good um but you pair and like when him and bugs are in there i think our d line is very good but if we could upgrade bugs with like a jalen carter like and put him next to mcneil obviously that's no brainer and then you make bugs the rotational guy and then we're like stacked Uh, (laughs) but like let's say it's the other way though say we get cancy and out the gate he struggles just a little bit in the run game where like bugs is just better there right but on pass downs you could put him literally across that whole line he could play outside inside whatever because he's that kind of player like just like i know i say aaron donald i also just want to clarify when i make comparisons to players like aaron donald and like great players they're archetypes i'm not saying these guys are those guys <laughs> just to be clear I but like but like I'm just saying, you let's say he's just a rotational guy at first, and and Cansey's the backup to Bugs. Like that's fine because I think Bugs is a quality starter next to McNeil. Yeah, and now you have uh, Cansey coming in and spelling one or the other, uh, depending on the situation. Like now, we're, I think we're in a great position. Like you saw what Bugs did last year. That what he did against the Vikings when he oh, yeah. forced that fumble on the goal line. I, I think a lot of people sleep on how good Bugs played last year. Like he he had plus he had upside. He made plays. He wasn't just some like guy who ate space or just kind of like did. He made plays. Oh yeah. And like upgrading him isn't going to be as easy as adding like a fourth rounder who's obviously going to come in and step in and be better. Like you're gonna have to draft high to upgrade him. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, that's how I feel about that. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I think we sort of agree uh a little bit. Uh 
I, I also think a couple of our needs are uh, offensive line because I, I think we need to feed that beast because uh, mm. we can't just assume that this line is set. No, they're good. And they are really good. And I love our line. But, you know, we have to keep feeding this beast down the road, you know. Uh, Jonah Jackson's come up for a contract next year. And uh, who knows if we'll be able to afford him or not. I don't know. You know, we, we need to bring some new blood in there that can start. You know, not just uh, backup. Did we guys. draft an line last year, UJ? I don't recall drafting one last year. I don't think we did, did we? But I wouldn't be surprised if Campbell starts or Campbell Holmes starts getting in the habit, like just like he is with our DNs. Like, what has he done every year? He's every year he's drafted, he's added. Well, it's two years, I guess. I mean, we're extrapolating a little bit, but <laughs> I mean, he's added what like three DNs in the first two rounds of the draft in two years. Like he added Anzarike and and Hutch and Pascal. Like, yeah. and then, well, the first year he added, you know, Penne, but like, I don't like, I like the idea of just adding quality talent at O-line and D-line every year, like every year. And I think he will. I have a feeling like we needed a lot more on defense last year. I would not, I think he's going to add another quality, at least a guard, maybe at like the third round. Yeah. This year, third, fourth round, because that's where you seem to get like, I feel like that's the, that's the meat of, uh you know the draft o-linemen seem to go in the third or fourth round how many good o-linemen have we added we added uh warford in the third round i believe it was third or fourth we added jonah jackson in the third round i mean good guards can be found after the first round i'm not convinced i mean other than uh, osiris torrance like Osiris Torrance is an absolute stud, and if oh, we yeah. could add him, I don't care where almost, other than maybe six. But if we drafted him at eighteen, Osiris Torrance, I would be such a giddy little boy. Mm, eighteen, huh? Mm, okay. He's, hey. I mean, come on! Like, think about Osiris Torrance in between Frank Ragnow and Penny Sewell, a mountain of a man, road grader, monster mauler, who allowed hardly. A, any pressures or hits on his quarterback at Florida in the SEC, like, oh my God, that right yeah, side would yeah. just potentially be the best ever. I mean, you're talking about Penne, who so many people have already said. I, what what did I have heard? Uh, I'll give credit to the Woodward guys. Uh, uh, gold jacket loading, <laughs> like <laughs> they're they're saying that dude's a future Hall of Famer. I don't think that's far off for Ragnow either because he's a he's a stud. I agree. You put an elite guard in between those two with Jonah Jackson and Decker on the left side. Oh my oh, god! I, know. I agree, man. I can't handle it. It's too I'll much. tell you, it's too but I, I, <laughs> I think we agree on one thing that uh, their work in free agency has opened up. Basically, any we're open to anything in the draft now. I mean, we'll just take the best player we can get, period. It doesn't even matter what position, really, just so we add quality talent to our team. Yeah. So, like you, uh, UJ, you keep saying it. I, I like, I've argued with it about it because, like, to an extent, like, I, I don't know how, like, you talk about your quarterback desire and stuff, but, like, someone kind of said it today. <laughs> I, I reference Woodward Sports way too often. <laughs> but like it was a caller on that show uh, this morning who said i don't care what they do at six if they drafted a quarterback if or whatever like they've opened it to the point where they can do whatever they want brad holmes has taken all pressure off himself in this draft because yes everyone's looking at the roster we just added in free agency building on top of what we had last year and they're like we're better already and now we have five picks in the top 80 or whatever of the draft. It's like, it's like, I can't even like begin to like process the amount of growth we're going to be able to do this year. I and know. so, yeah, if you kind of burn one of those resources, I say burn because it won't be front end, but like if you decide to spend a draft pick on, you know, a quarterback, cause Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell think he's the guy. Cause that's, that's one thing. Like I think Bob said it, I was listening to our podcast recently, like, which I rarely do oddly, but I just was having to be listening today. And Bob was like, he thought Brad Holmes would make a mistake if he took, uh, Richardson even at 18. And I'm like, 
if Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell, because well, because if Brad Holmes makes a decision, you know his process now. He's not been shy about it. He looks for consent amongst his entire organization. He looks for unanimous like backing of right. the pick if it can be found. It's ultimately his decision. But like you're telling me if Brad Holmes moves on Richardson, you're gonna just say that's a mistake because you know that means Dan Campbell likes it. You know, the coaches like it. You know, right. Martha likes it. Everybody likes it. So if you tell me he picks that move, I assume automatically, oh, man, I missed something. This is exciting. Isn't, that, it, re- like, isn't it remarkable the cachet that uh, Holmes has earned with the, the fandom sure. here? Like, it's almost to a man, people, the other pods I listen to or people I read, it's the same thing. You know, like, if Holmes picks it, it's got to be good. <laughs> so he's, he's earned that. It. He's been such so great at drafting the last two years i mean he's earned that so we got to give him the, yeah. the like like you said if, if they pick a quarterback at six okay i'm good with it whatever he whatever he does i'm good with it but yeah. that being said red dog Ooh. let's get into a juicy segment that we've been waiting to do and this is our first two round mock draft by the kool-aid oh. crew okay oh yeah uh Bob and uh, Connor, uh, they're not here. So I'm going to give you their picks to start. Are now, they, they only here? No, they're not here. Uh, you didn't hear them, did you? I don't know. But um, uh, let's go with Bob first. Uh, now, Bob and I Connor. I heard him when he, I, was, I was criticizing his Richardson. <laughs> <laughs> they, they only picked right. uh, the first round, okay? But uh, we're going to go with their first round picks. Let's hear it. Okay, Bob. Let's start off with Bob. Bob, his, his first pick, he sees us getting Jalen Carter. Oh, yeah. oh man! I think uh, everyone would be delinquents. like okay with that draft pick. I, I think, wouldn't be mad. You know? <laughs> no, we'd be okay with that, right? Okay. I have a feeling by the time uh, draft comes around, his legal issues and the stuff will settle down, and he'll get serious about football again. So I. I I think he's okay. I think he's pretty safe. If we pick. pull, if they pull the trigger on him, I'll be a hundred percent happy with it. Yeah. That being said, I I just have a feeling it ain't gonna happen. I just I, I've heard too much besides the legal stuff about him maybe not being that dog, and yeah. I just don't know, man. I just don't think he's a Dan Campbell guy. But go on. Well, well, we'll see. Okay, number eighteen, he has us picking B. John Robinson, running back out of Texas. B. John. Oh yeah, you know what? If we got Bijan Robinson, I'd be pretty freaking happy. <laughs> I just gotta say, because uh, that our running back, our backfield will be unbelievable. Oh like gosh. unbelievable, it'll be the best uh, in the NFL. Period. So I have no problem with that pick. Would make me certainly feel much better. Like you know what would be so nice about that? You could just keep Swift. Like, cause I, I've been thinking a little bit about this today, actually. Like, you could just keep Swift as, like, save him for the playoffs. <laughs> like, you know he's a weapon. Yeah. Keep him keep him healthy. You know. Don't make him your bell cow. Use him throughout the season, but use him sparingly. If you had a roster like that, if you had Bijan and Montgomery ahead of uh, you know, and then you could just use Swift in specific roles. Yeah. See, here's the thing. I've been thinking about Swift lately. Yeah, I've, been, I've been giving him thought. Uh, hmm. I think that. He's going to have a killer year this year. This is contract Ooh, year, man. Like and it. and he's a proud guy. Now, he knows the knock on him, that he's, he can't stay healthy, that he he went through the weird part of the season last year where he was sort of like didn't look like he was running full speed, and he was – it was weird. And uh, yeah, toward, toward weird the end, stretch. he became quite da- quite a dangerous – Good. Quite a dangerous runner. I mean, he, he made some plays that are unbelievable that only he can make. Well, uh, but bookend. he's in a – yeah, he's in a – He's he's a proud guy, man. He's gonna come. Out. I think he's gonna have a killer year this year, just killer. So we'll see about that. But uh, well, I think he will. Uj, I just I'm curious to see how much they expose him to like things like like last year. He started off great, got injured, had a weird middle of the season, then ended great. Like, yeah. Like, but now you got David Montgomery, who can is arguably better than even you know Jamal. Like. I mean, you don't necessarily need to use them as much. And so, I don't know. Yeah, I'm no. I'm curious. It'll and if be you get Bijan, then you really don't need to use them as much. So, I'm just saying, 
I don't know if they're even going to put him in a position to have the kind of breakout year you're talking about because I think they, they realize how explosive and special he is, and they, they're going to want to keep him for the right moments of games more well, than... That's why they got David Robinson because he's, he's thunder to, you know, Swiss Lightning, so... Who's David Robinson? David... Did I say David Robinson? David Montgomery. Did you oh, combine? Boy. Did you make a love child between David Montgomery and B. John Robinson? My brain you hurts. Did? My brain <laughs> hurts. I don't know, though. That would be a pretty interesting running back. If, <laughs> between those two. It could be. Can we do that? Can we take parts of one player, stash it to another player? And like be super Dr. elusive. Dr. Frankenstein or something. <laughs> but, uh, okay. Moving on. Connor. I will give him his first round pick, okay? His he has his at number six picking Tyree Wilson Edge out of Texas Tech. Awesome player, man. This this dude, he wasn't in the combine, didn't participate. But man, if you look at this guy's film, he is just a monster. He's a monster. He is just wow. He's good. He would be a great addition to our line. No doubt about it. Uh, Be mad about it. No, I think that's a. Really nice pick at six. Uh, if they play D line, I'm going to be pretty much stoked at six. So, <laughs> Go on. so at 18, uh, he's got us taking Bijan Robinson again. I like the same as Bob. So uh, again, Kid. if we did, I'd have no problem with it. So uh, okay, that's pretty cool. Now uh, we're going like into uh, Big Z's picks here. I mean, Big Z. I'll pull something up here real quick. Okay. Big Z. Big Z. Who Jaylen studies, for all who our studies statistics and everything like no one you know, man. This guy, <laughs> like, he's in the accounting business. This guy studies things up and down, man. He knows, like, what size underwear they wear, their socks and all that. Like, he, he knows everything about these guys, you know. He studies them, like, it's unbelievable. So, so when he when Except Big Z makes draft picks, man, you gotta listen, okay? You gotta listen. So here, without further ado, here's Big Z's number one pick at number six for the Detroit Lions. The Lions select Tyree Wilson. Oh, man. another good one, Tyree Wilson. But he also in, his, in his he also debated on Lucas Van Ness at this pick. Hmm. He went with Tyree, but he debated on Lucas Van Ness. Interesting. Because Van Ness is uh, a first-round talent. And, well, uh, the fact that he was considering Van Ness at least shows he has some creativity to himself. Sometimes I worry yeah. about Zeke because I feel like he takes too much of his opinions from someone else. If you're listening. <laughs> I don't know about that. But, but yeah, well, I'm just messing. <laughs> I'm just messing because he disses my, uh, my love of Jack Campbell. <laughs> that's <laughs> well, that's true. Just... <laughs> yeah. But uh, either way, Tyree Wilson's a good pick. If we pick Van Ness there, mm, hey, either one, I'd be super stoked with. Both- I like Van Ness a lot. I don't know if he's slightly reaching there for Van Ness, but uh, uh, he has the upside that I'd be comfortable with. It, he I does. Think. He's a, he's a beast. And at number eighteen, okay, now we're going to differentiate here a little bit. Eighteen cornerback Deontay Banks out of Maryland. Yeah, good player, Ooh, man. Super. We'll just, let's add more ammunition to that secondary this guy's a really good player man really good uh we study him in in an earlier pod and uh yeah yeah and that I, was your uh combine highlight if I yeah it was mistaken. Deontay Banks the kid's yeah. fast really fast just a terrific player explosive attack, explosive attacks the run at the line of scrimmage he's Really, just a dynamic player. What did he jump like a forty-seven inch vertical or something? Oh, well, I don't think it was that high, but it was really good. It, it, and his forty was like athlete, though. four, four, five, or something like that. Very. Fast. It was four, three, five. Yeah. Was it, oh, four, yeah. Just four, three, five. Super fast, and like I mean, yeah, height is good. All things good. Yeah, I'd be super stoked to add him. Like, especially with you know the guys we already added in this free agency. Yeah. So. Uh, number with his 48th overall pick, running back Jamar Gibbs. Mm. Jameer. Jameer. What do you think of that? I pick? love that. If he's there at 48. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think that's I, a no brainer, like, too. Uh, honestly, yeah. I know, like, I know Bijan's the unanimous number one. I don't know what the hate is for Jameer. I guess he's a little smaller. 
but he's hyper explosive. Like he ran a four three six. Like the dude's a blazer, and he's elusive. He's quick. He's not super small. I mean, honestly, maybe it's comparable to Swift, but maybe a little faster. Like I like him. And watching his film, like that's the thing he has over Bijan is he's got that top gear to be a home run hitter at all times. You know, right. like I know Bijan technically does too because of his combined skill set but he just doesn't have that top speed that you get from a jameer gibbs so i would be so stoked if we got him all the way at pick 18 in the second round i yeah. think it's a bit dr- dreamy but i would love it yeah i love it too i love it too that would be a hell of a pick at that point and for his 55th overall pick in round two uh defensive lineman Diano benton out of wisconsin like baby this guy good. is a monster. 6'4", 315 pounds. Like, wow. Nose tackle. He, yes. he He's a stud. This guy is a hell of a player, man. <sighs> yes. So uh, like That would just beef up our interior so nicely with oh, Aleem yeah. and get, and Bugs. Like, oh, man. We should get Tyree and oh. him on the same, in the same draft. I mean, wow. Oh, my God. I know. Well, I mean, I don't rule out Keanu Benton. A guy like him later, regardless. Like, if we took Cansey at six or we took Jalen Carter at six, add another monster inside. Right. Uh, oh I wouldn't hate it for a second. Like, imagine that. Imagine our four interior D tackles are Aleem McNeil, Isaiah Bugs, Jalen Carter, and Keanu Benton. Or, like, Kalijah Cansey and Keanu Benton. Either, like, I would Insane. be, we'd be instantly... Like we'd be competing with the 49ers for the top like line in the draft in the league. I mean, that's like with Hutch and everybody else we have. Oh my god. I know. Quarterbacks around the league are going to be drinking before games just to get up the courage to come out and play against us. You know, <laughs> right? it's going to be ridiculous. Running backs too. <laughs> you know, this is going to be fearsome, man. What a fearsome line we'd have. Oh my god. I this love crazy. It. I love All it. All right. Good call. You want to go points. or you want me to go? Go for it, UJ. All right, I'll go. Here's my picks. Uh, I'm gonna go. go I'm gonna take a different tack here because uh, I'm gonna go under the assumption that the big three, which I will call the big three, uh, Jalen Carter, Harry Wilson, and uh, that kid from Alabama, Anderson, uh, are gonna be gone. That we will not be able to get any of those guys. So I'm go. Wait, I'm working. Wait, wait, wait. On- you said Jalen Carter. Yeah. And Ty- Tyree Anderson, Wilson. Who- and Will Anderson. Oh, Tyree. You put Tyree as the big three. Okay. I, in, in my book, he's one of the big three. So okay. I'm, I'm going to assume that all three of those guys are going to be gone. And then, mm. so that leaves me with my first pick as Ooh, Devon Witherspoon, cornerback out of Illinois. Oh, man. Yeah. I'll tell you why later, but uh, you want an elite guy. At the, we want to get an elite guy at this, at this pick in the draft. Now, I know we picked up a lot of free agents and and uh you know that were in the secondary but uh i think if we had this guy good lord the competition in the secondary is going to be absolutely insane and he's a ball hawk he's a he's an incredible physical player who just destroys people oh he's so much fun to watch just Watch his film. It's so entertaining. It's, it's he has the best cornerback film. I will admit that I've seen in this. Yeah. Now I know he doesn't have the measurements of, uh, the Gonzalez kid out of Oregon, but this kid is just a baller, man. He is just so good. So, so I'm going with Devin Witherspoon in the number six and number 18. I've been listening to you, Red Dog, because I'm going Kalaja Canty here at 18. I think he probably, I think he has a good chance of being there still at 18. So I don't, but we kill nice. two birds with one stone here. Uh, we get a great cornerback and we get a great inside rusher who can wreak havoc with. And the, the comparisons there and Donald are, are there for a reason because he's, this kid is really good and he's built so much so like, like Aaron and his production <laughs> is very similar in college. He's a disruptor, super quick, fast twitch guy. who can just, just make old Lyman look stupid. So, uh, I'm going with Kalijah Cansey there. And now when we get to 48 in the second round, I'm going to Steve Avila, a guard out of TCU. And uh, at this point, I'm going with the what I think is the best offensive lineman available, which is why I picked him. In the him. second round? Yeah, in the second round. Interesting. So, uh, I'm yeah, I've, Steve Avila, guard. 
out of uh, TCU. And if if you looked him up a little bit, he he's a hell of a player too. And uh, projected to go second, maybe third. Some could be a high second round uh, Ooh, grades on I like him. his size. So yeah, he's a big dude. So uh, I you know that's where I think we need help is in the interior of our offensive line. Uh, so that's where I'm going with there. Sort of a, a need pick for me yeah. there. And then uh, my fourth pick, the number fifty five. Dan, if I pronounce his name right, Dan Henley, uh, Henley. linebacker out of Washington Wouldn't State. Wouldn't hate that. This kid is 6'2", 232, not the biggest linebacker, but super fast, incredibly instinctive, mm-hmm. covers the whole field, just just wrecks opposing offenses. He has some weaknesses in pass coverage, which isn't a, a great thing, but this kid, uh, this kid's really good, and uh, I think he'd help our linebacking core a lot. And he doesn't have to come in and take over right away, too. You know, he can be worked in and stuff. So it wouldn't be like he'd have to start immediately. So I think he'd be a great pick there. So that's what I think. So, Rudd, Not Dunn, bad. how about you, buddy? What do you think? Not bad, UJ. Not bad think? at all. Um, so, well, mine was interesting because I got. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you're going. These simulators. I got like the dream. I mean, it would have been Jalen Carter, but I just don't. I my sense is just not Jalen Carter. I mean, there's a lot of good arguments for it. I have a feeling he's just does. The fact that I heard a rumor that he might not have that dog in him automatically just kind of makes me exclude him to an extent from Dan Campbell's assessment. Like, I've heard a lot of good arguments for like. Randy Moss was considered a troubled player coming out and like would anyone pass on him now and he's even turned into a real quality human like everything like but I also think people are sleeping a little too much on my boy Kalijah but that's not how this thing panned out because Will Anderson fell to me at six. <laughs> oh yeah and all right. so I took Will Anderson for the Detroit Lions because I mean there's a reason this kid's been hyped for this long and you just watch this film, Micah Parsons comes to mind. I know he doesn't have the same athletic attributes. He's a bit bigger, a bit slower, but almost equally dynamic. Like, he just tore up college games. If he's there at six, I would take him over Carter, honestly, even Mm. though Carter fills a bigger need for us. I just think he is uh, that dynamic, and, like, you could do so much with a guy like that. And then... I don't think this is even going to happen, but my boy Kalijah fell to me at 18. I grabbed him too. <laughs> well, we agree on that one. We agree on that. Kalijah, I just don't think, I don't know how you pay. He's the number one athlete at his position in the draft, according to NFL.com, and second in production. Why is everyone thinking he's just going to fall? Because he doesn't fit the traditional size of a D tackle. Like, but, like, we always make these arguments for quarterbacks, but people seem not to want to make it for, like, D tackles or something. Like, because we always look to, like, examples of why, where is the short quarterback succeed? Like, well, there was Drew Brees, there was Russell Wilson, blah, blah, blah. So, obviously, Bryce Young's going to be great. But, well, why can't I do that with Kalijah Kansi? Because he compares way more favorably than most of those guys to the his best example of Aaron Donald. Ran faster than him. Like the, maybe the best defensive player to ever play the game. Like he's that good. Well, you know, I'm going to take a guy with comparable traits and I don't think he's going to be there at 18 in my real life. I want him at, I think it will, I'll be fine at the line him at six, but he's here at 18. In this case, we take Clyde Jacancy. No, all right. Now we I just like added it. two elite prospects to our D line, which is already so loaded. This competition is going to be ridiculous this year. There's this like, we already have too many good players. There's someone's going to get cut. We're going to cut starters for other teams this year from our <laughs> fronts, from our D line, like mark my words. But, uh, yeah. So we got those two first. I like it. So now another ridiculous thing, which well, maybe it's not that ridiculous. Cause everyone tells me I'm wrong, but Jack Campbell falls to us at 18 in the second round. Mm. Boom. Got Jack Campbell now, baby. <laughs> Well, I got to say, if he falls that far, yes. Oh, my God. I'm all, I don't I'm all over that. All oh, over that. I like it. Yeah, It's it's a no-brainer. I don't think it's going to happen in our wildest dreams, but, you know, whatever. 
people have their weird their numbers and they stick to them. I, I well, I don't know why like his numbers seem to just float over everyone's head. Like he has such a unique build and skill set that like, and the top rated athlete at his position. But no, he's gonna fall all the way to 18th in the second round. My ass, that's such nonsense. <laughs> like that's how. Like I'm sorry. There's a too much like genericizing. Like uh, people get fall in love with like articles and generic rating systems and stop looking at players guys like Cansey and campbell fall in these mock drafts because people just aren't paying attention in my opinion but hey if that works out to our gain i'll be all for it i don't think they're gonna fool the league though well i like um, that pick i like that and so yeah jack campbell at eight at 18th in the second round and then for my final pick in the second round oops shoot i lost it um, oh, okay. He fell here, and I got excited. So I, I it's maybe it's silly, maybe it's a huge reach. I don't know. But add a Tommy, add a Barre, add the Super Freak. <laughs> Make our front seven just loaded oh with such God. dynamic, athletic talent that you know people just aren't. Quarterbacks are just going to lose sleep every time they play the Lions. Oh boy, that's an interesting pick. And that's my mock. He, he tested so well. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of interesting things here and, and all the players we mentioned here, I mean, all front seven. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good <laughs> options here. Yeah. It, it just shows how we're thinking. You know, it'd be interesting if they come out drafting differently than we're thinking, you know, but, uh, I guess that remains to be seen. So it, it is exciting though, man. Just can't wait. It's what another three, oh four weeks God. to the draft. Uh, Wait I'm so long. excited. There's so I like I can't wait to see what Brad Holmes does with this draft. It's there's already what he's done with this free agency. It's just got me like I can't yeah. even like I'm you like a white was, chick at Starbucks. I just can't I was I was thinking about that. You know, the rest of the league is, you know, they're doing their thing and they're they think they're gonna be good or whatever. They don't see this freaking runaway freight train coming down the tracks toward them. And that runaway freight train is the Troy Lions. And they're just mm -hmm. gathering steam. And when the season comes, man, the rest of the league's gonna get hit by this juggernaut, the Detroit Lions. They're not gonna know what hit them, man. Oh, this yeah. team is just building energy, building momentum. They are just coming, man. They are coming. And uh, mm. look out, NFL baby, because this team it's got something magic, man. I can feel it. Feel the magic, baby. That's why we drink the Kool Aid, man. That's why we bathe in it. We we shower with it. We drink it. We main oh, shit. God, we do everything. We just love it, man. We drink it, baby, all the time. So that's what we do here, man. I'm drinking the blue Kool Aid. We drink the blue Kool Aid all the time. That's right. That's yeah, baby. Yeah, we've been doing this for a long time, you know, guys. We've been doing this uh, pod for over four years now, and uh, four scores. Now think about Seven that, years. you know. There's there's a lot of pods popping up all over the place now because the Lions are suddenly fun to talk about, you know. But we've been doing this a long time. We were doing this when the Lions True. just were not good. And even then yeah. we were drinking. Like if you ain't on board now, and then mm. next year you jump on, miss me with that shit. <laughs> like Jamo said. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Anyway, it's fun. It's fun. This is this team is a lot of fun right now. And we're just Amazing. enjoying every minute of it. And uh well, I'll tell you, Holmes and Campbell are not letting us down. They're they're doing a great job right now, and uh, can't you know, wait to UJ, can't wait to see what happens this year, man. I can't wait. You, UJ, I I gotta say, in my lifetime, this is well. There's only one other free agency I think that even compares to this in my lifetime that I can think of. I know where you're going. Uh, ooh, go ahead. Do you? Yes, I do. Glover Quinn, Stephen Tullock. Kyle Vandenbosch, that year when we were building with Schwartz. Yeah. I mean, Glover Quinn's still maybe one of the best Lions ever. Like, that was the he last time one. we, like, really built some quality through the free agency. And, like, it meant something. And this right. is, like, this rivals that in a lot of ways. I yeah. mean, I don't think it's going to have the same long-term effect like they did. Like, those guys were meant to, like, sit, come in and, like, be here for multiple years. Whereas, like, you know, Gardner's probably going to be gone after next year and, like, things like that. Like, but, like, like just what they've done to this roster for next year alone. Like, oh, my gosh. The potential, the, what the, the way they've shored up all our needs. Like, oh, my goodness. Just yeah. fantastic. It is fantastic. So, well, that was pretty good. It's too bad we didn't have the other guys here to 
argue with us because but now we can just be right and we don't have to worry about them it. arguing with us. <laughs> just kidding. But uh I just had my nah, way. Miss having those guys on here and uh but uh we'll be here soon next week uh with more more on the Lions. More more there's more? a lot of good news coming out of Lions these days. So uh yeah man man keep drinking the Kool-Aid. So uh anyway uh I'm gonna One wrap it up here. QJ. What's that? One last thing. Oh, I think oh there's an outline because one thing you you built up at the beginning was all this cap space and things that they did. I think there's one more player yet to be acquired this year. I just you think have a so. Feeling, uh, I think DJ Chark might come home. No, I think DJ Chark is already gone. What? I was reading uh, the Panthers. I believe uh, they signed him. I think they were. Oh, I, I don't know if it was confirmed, but uh, hold on. They said he was going to uh, the Panthers. Well, uh, it, I hadn't seen a confirmation what? on it, but uh, where did you? No one's. This is this is not being said. Where did I'm, you get that? Uh, I was on Twitter. Maybe it was one of those fake Twitter things. Kid so. J, chime in. Is Chark gone? It DJ says Chark here, is still is still a free agent. Okay, but he the, the Panthers were trying to sign Adam Thielen and DJ Chark. It was an article that I, that I saw. That's what well, I was looking yes. So they okay, didn't actually they sign trying, him yet. But he hasn't okay. signed. Okay, well, you know. That My point is, they freed up all this cap space. I know they got to sign their draft picks, but I, I have a feeling there's another move here to be made. And I can't help but think he's the best, like, the last kind of, like, piece. Like, yeah, not necessarily him specifically, but what he fills on this roster that, like, tall, fast, number one type and like i don't know how we're gonna upgrade that <laughs> like we might have to put draft capital because if he walks uh, the free agency probably won't replace that but like i'm just saying i have a feeling they're they they freed up all that cap space to make room for someone maybe potentially even him to be like hey man here's your offer and they can offer him something that he earned after a, a solid year last year well you might so, be right like, you know yeah. So is this your, your predict your official consider. prediction is they got another big signing coming? Not a big signing per se, but a signing like they freed up all this cap space. I have, I just have a feeling they got and they and they still have something like Chark out there. Like they they have some needs still. I just wouldn't be surprised. I have a feeling like if how awesome would that be though? We get Chark back, then yeah. like I mean, oh my gosh, that'd be this, pretty cool. That would be amazing. All right, guys. On that note. On that, note, for us. on that note on that note on that note on that note okay on that note. on that note we're gonna we're gonna bring this podcast crashing to an end here okay <laughs> so uh i'll try to do my best big z to wrap it up here uh be sure to listen to us Let's do the best you uj you know you know Keep in touch with us. Follow us on Instagram at Drinking the Blue Kool Aid and Twitter at Drinking Lions. And uh, you know, follow us and let us know what you think, man. Send us some comments. Tell us how much you hate us. Tell us how much you love us. Tell, tell us anything. Tell us what you want. Tell us what your favorite recipe is. You know, tell us anything, especially lion stuff. We love that lion stuff. So, anyway, send us your comments. We'd love to hear that. So, uh, thank you. Special thank you to Sideline Report for hosting our podcast we do appreciate what they do and thank you to our producer kid j kid j kid j kid j kid j oh my god you're just never gonna get this are you oh boy you you one so you can follow us on apple spotify wherever you can find podcasts and uh sure to listen and subscribe we love to Love to have you. Love you guys. We appreciate you so much, your listeners, uh, for making this possible. And, uh, boy, what else can I say? But uh, I hope I didn't drop the ball too much, Big Z, filling in for you. Uh, thanks to Rudd Dog for being here and Kid J uh, making, us, making this happen. And uh, last, last but not least, as always, go. Go. Field, a charging team that will not yield.
high when the blue and silver wave. Stand and cheer the brave. Rock, rock, rock. Go hard, win the game. With honor, you will keep your fame. Down the field and gain. Alliance victory. Go. Go. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.